Hello and welcome to the Velodrome Podcast. It's me, Steve, your host. Some of you may know me as the Velo 21 guy, but today I'm your host on this Velodrome Podcast. So what are we doing here today? Of course, we're talking to another recreational cyclist about their cycling journey and why they love the sport. We're already into episode seven. It's absolutely fantastic that we've come this far already so quickly and we thank you for listening today we really do appreciate it obviously without yourself we wouldn't have a show at all so we do thank you for listening if you do get chance obviously wherever you listen to your podcast just give us a follow so you get the you never miss an episode we release an episode every friday but just give us a follow and you make sure you don't miss an episode there so let's dive straight in as i said we're talking to another great guest again today Today we are speaking to... It's John Fish, a.k.a. Not Dead Yet. Hello and welcome to the Velodrome Podcast. Evening, welcome and thanks for having me on. Yeah, no problems, buddy. It's a pleasure to have you here. Thank you for your time today. I do yeah, appreciate it. Yeah, no problems, it. So, um, as we do with all the guests, we're just having a quick uh, cycling chat. We're going to first talk about the way that me and John know each other. You're the first guest that I've actually met before. Unfortunately, we didn't go riding together, but we did meet um after a stage of the tour of britain didn't we back yeah, in yeah. september yeah, um, actually, yeah the day the queen died actually and it all got cancelled that day didn't it so it was the last day of the tour um 2022 yeah it was real it was surreal that day it really was yeah. surreal yeah it was it was an interesting day as well wasn't it? <laughs> yeah. on the night yeah <laughs> yeah um obviously we've had a lot of chat backwards and forwards yeah. through um instagram for a long long time you've been one of my ambassadors from sort of day one as well uh of the Velo 21 products and been peddling that with it goes to a charity doesn't it your yeah yeah, yeah. Buyback from um, Velo 21. Uh, a charity really really small low-key charity called Joshua's Lights Foundation yeah um which is basically run by a young lad called Josh his parents well his mum and his sister um after he committed suicide basically 18 year old um yeah down to just basically being bullied and, and stuff like that and just got to a point where he was struggling. Yeah. Um, and, yeah, it's a, it's a charity that actually my wife suggested a while ago about me doing some support for. Um, so, yeah, I, I kind of... I did, a, I did, a, I did an attempt at Everest for him. Mm-hmm. Failed it miserably, but I raised 1,200 quid and they were fully over the moon for it. Um and yeah, I, I try and go to their, their groups when I can. Yeah. Just want Fantastic. To, but yeah. Good stuff. So not all <laughs> the ambassadors are making money. That's one thing I'd like to stress that's quite important, really. There's quite a few on, on um, through Instagram and stuff that are Velo21 ambassadors, but the, the money doesn't go in their pocket. It gets donated to charities as well. So, you know, John's one of those people that's doing some fantastic work and making some money for a fantastic charity, which is brilliant. So... What got you started into cycling? How did you get into cycling? Um, well, it's, I was like everybody as a kid, just messing about on bikes. Um, always had a bike, always out on it. I was lucky that we had a little BMX track near us. Like, literally, it was less than half a mile away from where I grew up. So we was always messing about on, the, on, on beat-up BMXs, then progressed to my first road bike, which was a Rally Flyer. Um, yes. I'll have one of them back tomorrow. Just they're not the greatest bikes in the world, but just for the nostalgia. Um, and then 
yeah, obviously, hit teenage years, um, got a skateboard. Cycling, just apart from to get me from there to be, it went out the window. Um, mm. Then I got to mid-30s, put on a bit of weight and decided I wanted to do something. Sort of started mountain biking, realised that was really, really time-consuming, started running. Um, I ran for quite a number of years and then uh, I broke my leg commuting to work on a bike, oh. T-boned by a car, so that kind of put pay to my running for a bit. Try, spent about a year trying to get back running fit. My back went and my son, who is also a cyclist, said to me, Dad, you've got a bike, why don't you just use it for a couple of weeks? That couple of weeks turned to a couple of months. That couple of months turned into now, basically. I've not mm. ran since. And yeah, I okay. absolutely love it. Yeah. How long ago did you break your leg then? Was, um, was that? that was I mean, 2015. So it had been about 2016 okay. when I started riding. Got back on the bike. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then got the bug again, got more serious yeah. this time. Yeah, yeah, massively. Yeah. Um, Realised that I, had, I still had a, had a base fitness and wanted to progress that. So obviously training to heart rate for a bit, got power meter, tried racing and it went from then. Like I said, I, I don't race anymore, but absolutely love the riding. Um, mm. Whether it's going out and flogging myself or whether it's going out and looking at, I don't know, hedges as you go by or the occasional <laughs> fly. Yeah, 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 definitely, <laughs> definitely cows. And dogs, dogs. I uh, used to start to a couple with who had dogs. So- what keeps you motivated to do it now? Um, what keeps you ticking over now? I think it's just the pure enjoyment of it, the mental balance it gives me, like that at times can be really, really good. Um, and stressing about putting on too much work because I eat like a ton of stuff. But yeah, just 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 that really, more more the mental side of things and. Like I said, I do enjoy it. I, I enjoy the freedom mm. and I enjoy the solitude at times. Yeah, good stuff. So that really. Mm. So you've mentioned on um, your Instagram a few times. Like if you if you don't follow John, um, it's not dead yet. Um, about your your own mental health and your mental yeah, yeah, well being. That yeah, 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 you have had a few struggles in the past, and do you find that your cycling helps you with that? Yes, um, in a lot of ways. Yeah. In sometimes no, it has pushed me over the over the. I say the brink. It, it, it's brought about some low self esteem at times. But generally speaking, I know if I'm feeling crap, I can go out for an hour just and focus on on the two three meters of road ahead of me and what's around me, and it helps clear the mind. Mm-hmm. Um, and bizarrely enough, when I was having counselling, um, the counsellor asked me about if I'd if I'd ever thought of self-harm. And I said, no, not really. And then we got on about cycling and stuff like that. And I said about like training to the point where I could be borderline feeling like wanting to throw up. And he, he sat back and laughed and he went, yeah, well, that's a positive form of self-harm right there. So I think, okay. yes, it does help because of that. You know you can go out and, and flog yourself as hard as what you can and channel that frustration and, and vent it into, what, a 10-second sprint or battering yourself up a hill or whatever yeah so yeah it, it does help massively yeah really really massively and, I, and i'm a big advocate for for just getting out and riding anyway yeah yeah i mean a few we've kind of skirted on it with with a few of the the previous guests as well and 
Ben from episode four. He actually said he's he's never been formally diagnosed with anything. He said I've never taken any any medication or had any counselling or anything like that. But he said that he goes for a ride and he feels lifted. And it was when I was editing it back, I kind of thought that's how I feel really. Mm-hmm. I'm in the same position. I've never really had any counselling or anything like that. But that that headspace and that head clearing, and I can do most of my thinking. Um, like we're trying to, I'm trying to do a new product at the minute. We're getting the um, the what milk out, and a lot of the time I think, right, okay, what have I got to do with this? If I go out on my bike, I can then think, right, this, this, and this, and I come back and I write it down. And it's almost I get to a stage where if I've got two hours worth of time, I can use it better by going out on the bike for 40, 50 minutes, and then having a really constructive sort of hour at home. Then once yeah, I've yeah. sat down and everything, and and um, probably use that time that two hours much better um than i could if i hadn't have gone out and just procrastinated around the house and done this and done uh, that well, and i was going to say when you're trying to do stuff like that at home and you've got your family or dogs or cats or, or whatever mm. there's too many distractions for each channel where it's when you're on your bike what have you got to think about the cars traffic that is literally it mm. and yeah it can be quite taxing but it, it blocks everything else out you're not going to get asked to help somebody carry something upstairs or whatever you can just crack on can't you and mm-hmm. yeah i think it does give you that focus yeah so also what you mentioned about doing um an everest for the uh joshua light foundation yeah, yeah. recently what's your is that your biggest challenge to date so far Yes, it will. It will be. Yeah. Um, the only real, the real big thing I did was when I when I first started cycling. Um, the club my lad used to ride for they organised uh, a ride around the Walls Way, um, the the Walls Cycle Route, mm-hmm. which it starts in Beverly, I think it is. Big loop round up to Brid, um, and then back down. Um, and I think when we did that. I'd only been riding a few months fully, mm-hmm. and it was we, we we did about 157 miles in in sort of one sitting. Apart from a couple of stops for food and stuff, but those are my biggest sort of things I've done so far on a bike. Yeah. Um, I plan to do more. There's a lot more I want to do, mm-hmm. but that's probably going to be next year now because of, of just some other stuff going on. But yeah, yeah, because that was one of the other questions actually. What what's the next big challenge have you got anything that's that's in the diary kind of okay i want to do this um nothing there's a lot of floating about i mean i mentioned some of the other the other week when we was on about um 24 hour events and stuff like that mm-hmm. this possible talk of something going on with that which i don't want to go too much into mm-hmm. um then there's a lot of other things i i want to do like obviously the coast to coast and then if anybody there's anybody called Chris Hall. Um, he big big on so on, on Instagram stuff like that. He did a thing called the Nuts and Bolts ride a little few years ago, or maybe it was last okay. year, where you, you go from the most westerly point to the most easterly point, which was I think it was Lands End to somewhere in Norfolk. Okay. And I won't mind I won't mind giving that a crack. Just yeah, because it's it's the ultimate coast to coast, then, isn't it? If you know what I mean, yeah. rather than yeah. Morecambe to Whitley Bay or whatever it is, or to Whitby, it's just the ultimate. And I yeah. think that one's about three hundred miles or something, maybe it's a little bit more. Okay, so yeah, that that'd I'm be getting, cool to do. 
you can get it down to about ninety miles, can't you? At the right, at the thinnest point, kind of thing. I think it's just un, maybe just under. Yeah, and it's, I mean, there's a lot, there's a lot of elevation in it, but it's yeah. I've done that on a club ride. Do you know what I mean? You want if you're okay. going to do something yeah. like that, you want more of a challenge, don't you? Do you know? Yeah. Especially, say, if you want to sort of try and raise some money, get some funds, yeah, exactly, it's not something exactly. that you want to be doing week in, week out. It's got to kind of be like, look what I'm doing for this. Yeah. Can you give me five pounds, please? Yeah, massively. <laughs> it, it would be that. Yeah, do coast to coast. Right. Get some money for that. Then six months later, do coast to coast, but use it as potential training thing for, like I said, the nuts and bolts ride or... Yeah. for doing coast to coast to coast or something you know you know something like that you you yeah. you'd maybe just repeat it but only as a build-up to the next yeah. event if, if that makes sense but not yeah, so that definitely. you'd want to repeat back going oh, i'm doing this again and everyone will be like yeah now nah, i'm bored of that mate yeah i'll give, I'll give yeah. you 10 quid not to do it and shut up about it that <laughs> kind of thing yeah <laughs> but yeah so what's your like annual mileage have you got a target for this year um, what are you doing at the moment it's this year because I've got, like I say, I've got stuff going on. It's it's kind of hitting stuff. Um, I did plan on about seven thousand miles. Okay, so That's a fair amount. Uh, I was just it was about six and a half thousand I did last year. I can't remember, mm. um, but I just planned on beating that a little bit. But I'm I'm not targeting anything now because, like I said, I've got I've got stuff going on. So. Um, I'm just going to take it as it comes, and then I'll see at the end of the year what I've got. Next year, I'll go back for the seven thousand, maybe try and push it to eight thousand, just to to make that deficit. I don't know. We'll we'll see. We'll see. I just yeah. I just I can't commit to anything too much at the minute. Yeah. So yeah, that's it. So you've done one Everest attempt. Would you try another one? Yeah. Definitely. Yeah, yeah, definitely. I did the year I did that. We spoke about this doing it on Zwift between Christmas one year and. Yeah. Somebody suddenly got a job and bottled it. <laughs> yeah, and I couldn't do it. And then but, I was scared of it. Yeah, well, yeah, I, I, I twigged that, to be fair. I did, I did. I think it was about a half Everest in my kitchen on Zwift. And mm. my, I got off because my back just went, and it was like, right, yeah. okay. But I, that was more of an ass-about thing rather than taking it serious. It was never going to yeah. be a serious one. In fact, if I did it, I did it, if I did it, I did it. Yeah, you went off hard, didn't you? Because I remember <laughs> I'd gone to work and I was watching and I thought, like, whoa. Like, because obviously following you on Zwift, I could look on my phone and see what you were up to. And like, every time I looked, you were doing, like, a, about 270, 280 watts all the time. And I thought, like, oh, he's going think, really hard. I think I made the foolish mistake of doing, I think my second rep was, like, 57 minutes and then my third one was yeah. 55 minutes. You PB'd, didn't you? You PB'd one of them. And I thought, like, that's, that's too fast. Yeah, it was like, literally, uh, after that 55-minute one, I was like, shit, I better slow this down a bit and take it easy. And my son was here, and he walked into the kitchen and just went, dickhead. Then walked straight back out. And I was like, all right, okay, that, that's that's a calling sign that I need to drop down to something like 2.2 watts or something like that per kilo. And I, think, I think which... We discussed it before, and I think I was about one eighty-ish in in average watts up it. Okay, but you know it's like you get a bit excited, don't you? You just you just yeah. go for it. Yeah, but yeah, I turned yeah. it off. But now a real a real world one, I would like to have another crack because it, it's it's just like a, a a scratch that needs itching, you know? Yeah, yeah. So, 
with the two attempts, did you did you climb about the same elevation? What was the what was the like difference between them? Have you have you thought? I've, about I've that? never looked back. To be fair, I know. I think the both got recorded by um, I can't remember the name of the people who, who organised it. Uh, is it Hell Five Hundred or something like that? Yeah, something like that. Um, yeah, I know there was both acknowledged as a half Everest. Yeah, so I did do both. Okay. I think both of them was a half. So yes, I can mm. hold my head up and say, yeah, I've done a half. Yeah, but good stuff. I just yeah, my back went the first one. The sorry, my back went on the Zwift one. And, Indoor. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I felt really, really ill because I'd been I had like a really bad cold about two weeks before mm. the real world one. So I don't know if that was coming back. Yeah. But yeah, I'll, I'll which, go back. So out the two, which did you find tougher? The real world one. Okay. Um, okay. But that was because I chose a really stupid hill to do it on. Okay, what's it, that? Because it only had about 105 metres per, per climb and it's a mile one climb. Right. So it was it was absolutely ridiculous, but I kind of chose it for a number of reasons. One, um, the descent wasn't too bad, which is what mm-hmm. I was considering. And also, if because I was doing it for a mental health charity, mm. I just figured it was a mental challenge as well as a physical challenge. So it would it would it would have a, it would be like um, a double edged sword of it if if you know what I mean. Mm-hmm. So yeah, that that's why I chose that hill. But I think I did about 130 mile on it or something like that mm. in 16, 17 hours of moving. Okay, but <laughs> it was a long day. Yeah, because that's the balance, isn't it? I mean, we spoke about this in uh, episode three with Cycling Brad. Like, he'd had a few Everest attempts and he's always come a bit stuck at a certain elevation. Yeah, yeah. Um, Apart from the last attempt, which he said he didn't tell anyone about, struggled up the hill, it started peeing down around and he thought, sod this. Yeah, yeah. Um, That you've got that balance, haven't you, between the amount of elevation to the amount of power that you've obviously got to put yeah. if, if you're going up something that's four and a half five percent you're going to have to go a long way to get the elevation in whereas yeah. if you're climbing something that's 10 12 percent but then as you're getting fatigued you know to stay moving at sort of 12 to 14 percent you've probably got to be putting out sort of 350 400 watts just to kind of keep the bike moving yeah difficult as that fatigue sets in I was, I was going to say the fatigue thing, it's, it's very different because one, I know I can't fully compare it to real world, but when I was doing the real world one, mm. the tiredness, and like I say, probably mixed with being, being ill the week before, two weeks before, massively kicked in. My legs felt all right. I just, mm. I just felt all kinds of ill. Um, whereas the Zwift one, because I was using my lad's table with, that's got egg mode. Obviously, the, the change in the resistance on that. So when 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 the Alp ramps to like fifteen percent or whatever it maxes at, you can really feel that switch. So that's the jolt in your legs, if that makes sense. Mm. So it's like the the you maybe just be cruising along at like what 200, 220 watts, and then as soon as it kicks in, you try and keep that cadence. You'll shoot up to like six, seven hundred watts, even if it's only for like two or three seconds. Mm. But it's when you're doing it repe- repeatedly, it, it zaps your legs and it drains mm. your legs. If that makes sense, and yeah. I think that I think that's why my back went because, like I said, I've not not gone into it properly. It was more of a dick about one. Mm. And 
with, with that kind of pressure, it pulls on your body, doesn't it? Physically, yeah. you can feel your muscles getting pulled. I think that's why my back went basically. But but yeah, it, it's it's a weird one. I think the balance of it is maybe he's trying to find a hill that's about eight percent over a third to a half a mile, mm-hmm. and, and doing it that way. I, I don't know. I, I really don't yeah. know. Yeah, because then, like you touched on, you've got the the steeper it is, the faster you're going to be coming down, or the yeah. trickier the descent. And then it's all things like that, isn't it? Like you put all that effort in to get up, you've got to come back down. And you don't you don't get a recovery yeah. on a quick descent. No. If you can't, especially if you're concentrating as well, you've got to be braking. You've got to you've got to keep your wits about you. Yeah, you've exactly. got to stay alert, haven't you? Which isn't something you've got to do on the indoor one. You know, it doesn't. No, you can. You, 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 it's it's weird. You, you can get, get off, go to the toilet, yeah. and let it descend. It's, it's, <laughs> yeah. it's such a cheat, to be fair. Yeah, yeah. You can't for the official record, but then who knows that you didn't? That's the thing. No, you can't. It, if, it, the only way you can do that is by streaming it and and being yeah. monitored that way, but. Who realistically is going to go, oh, yeah, I'm going to stream this? Unless yeah. you're a YouTuber that's doing it, who realistically is going to set a full camera rig up to yeah. record you for eight, nine, ten hours while you're yeah. just sat there not moving effectively? Do you yeah. know? No, no one's going to do that, are That's a boring video to watch as well. Oh, <laughs> man, we won't even go down boring videos. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, it would be it wouldn't be entertaining, would it? Apart from mm. maybe it's the last hour when somebody is literally at the limit and you can see the lights going out. Mm. But that's that's for the sick puppies out there who like to watch people suffer, innit? Yeah. <laughs> definitely. Yeah, so it's it's not something I've ever attempted, never done an Everest, never even penciled one in kind of well yeah, we're, we're gonna else. we're gonna pencil on it yeah. and you're gonna do it yeah so i was gonna say do you think we should um we should announce one on instagram and see if we can get a few people doing it on a on an indoor one do you know that, that'd be pretty oh, cool like a big group mm. a big group on it'd be a laugh i mean you, you just sat there with a discord thing going on and just taking the mick out of each other while we're flogging it up a hill yeah. it'll be a giggle if not else yeah it would be good to be fair so i think we should Try and organise an Instagram Everest. See how many takes we get. I reckon none. No, I'll, I think I'll do it. We should get Mark. We'll mm. make Mark do it. <laughs> he, Mark from Velo Tool, that is. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's, yeah. He'll, he'll, we'll make him do it. Yeah. I think, I think, <laughs> I think that's only fair. <laughs> yeah. I think he'd be up for it. I think, I, think. I, I think he'll be busy that day. <laughs> oh, yeah. That's what happened with me. Yeah. So, um, speaking of Mark from VeloTool, you do work with some great brands on Instagram. So do you want to tell us a little bit about the brands that you work um, with? Obviously, you guys, which mm-hmm. is, is really good. Um, and then Mark and Pariah um, Kit Company. Mm-hmm. So Mark is... The way I've got it set up with him is, again... People use my code, whatever kickback, straight to Josh Lights. I'll, I'll, I'll maybe just let it sit down until it's accumulated to, to a reasonable figure, whatever that may be. Um, and then, yeah, just, just put it straight across then. Which, Mark, when Mark actually, when I got talking to Mark originally, you'd seen what I was doing with you, weirdly. I think it was that reel that I put out. Um, and he was really, really interested and said, look, 
what can I do to help? It was like, right, this is the deal I've got with, with LO21. If you're interested, we'll get something sorted there. And he was like, yeah, yeah, definitely, definitely. And because Mark's like really local to me, he's like, what, 20, 25 mile away? It's kind of easy to stay contact face to face. I mean, I know, I know we chat quite regularly through WhatsApp or through Insta or whatever, but it's a little bit different, if you know what I mean. Um, yeah. So, yeah, I, and you, you know, uh, with Mark, he, he asks his opinions on, on possible new products and stuff like that, which I'm always willing to help him because he, he is a good guy um, and he, he's doing what he can to try and make it work, like, like yourself. Um, as, for, as for the other, Pariah, um, if nobody does know it, it's a kit company based in Leeds. It's a company that I first came across probably 2019, 2020. Um, met Sam, the guy who owns it, weirdly, at the rollout for the soon-to-be-doomed Toddy Yorkshire. Because um, obviously 2020 happened, it the Todd didn't happen. Um, kind of stayed in touch with him really, 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 really sporadically. Because um, at the time we was looking at getting our club kit changed to a different supplier and I, I put Pariah forward because like I said, I genuinely like the kit. Um, and then last year, the opportunity came up to go for a role with them, which I took and mm-hmm. really happy with it. It's It was one of them that I kind of always said that I'd, I'd love to do. Yeah. Just because I... I you you know even before that when we've spoke about kits, I've always dropped them in there, and I am just just a big believer in that kit um, and the brands that I work with, like you, like with, with Mark at Bellatool, with Pariah, uh, the brands that I believe in. I'm not going to jump on board with somebody just because they offer whatever. Do you know what I mean? I I don't care about that. It's at the end of the day, I've got minimal reputation. And if I can help somebody benefit from that, then then why not? Do you know what I mean? Especially when it's it's, it's great brands. Good stuff. So good stuff. But yeah. So obviously they're all through Instagram. One thing we didn't um, touch on, which is one of the questions that I had noted down, was um, your Instagram name. Yeah. It's a little bit unusual. Yeah. Um, it's not cycling related, like most people are Velo this or yeah. No, right. So. It's it kind of is cycling related, but not on the surface, right? So the cycling related is, I've cr- I crashed. I have crashed a lot. Okay. Like broken femur, broken humerus, several times. A possible broken hand during lockdown. So from that side of po- point of view, like I aren't dead yet. I'm not dead yet. The other side, and probably the more poignant side is going back to the mental health thing when I've been at points where I've been pretty low I've always turned to music and music is a big thing in my life um, which you probably you you probably know um, and sort of probably a few of my followers and there's a guy called Frank Turner um, he's if you don't know him he's, he's kind of a bit like Billy Bragg um, as in that folk punk type scenario and he did an album <laughs> Uh, a few years ago called Positive Songs for Negative People and there was a couple of songs on there that he re-recorded as an acoustic version one of them is called Get Better and there is a line in it that says not dead yet 
and it, it's uh, it's used as more 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 of a positive than a negative, and that's how I want it to to be portrayed as. No matter what situation you're in, you can be at the lowest mentally, lowest physically, whatever. Take into account, you are not dead yet. And I have been low with my own mental health, and I'm not going to say that I haven't thought the thoughts of suicide. I've not gone into the depth of planning it, but the thoughts of suicide have been coming, and I know they've been coming. Luckily, I've got I've had a bloody good support network around me with my family um, and my close friends who have managed to shake me out of that and it was then that I realised I needed I needed medication to go on it um, to help me with it and it's helped so yeah so that, that's that's where that name comes from it's it's meant more as a, more of a positive than a negative if you know what I mean mm-hmm. definitely yeah and I, and, I, and I want people to People who are in similar positions to me, um, there's going to be people that are maybe a little bit more mild, and, and there's certainly going to, going to be talking to a friend who have certainly been way, way lower than I can imagine. But at the end of the day, they're still here. They're still functioning. And that's the positive you've got to take from it. If you can't take anything else, take that positive. And yeah, times are going to be shit at times. And staring down the barrel of a gun or, or looking at rope might be the easy option but you'll get through it with the right with the right support and right help you will get through it mm. and that, that's that's purely why that's that's the only we well I say it's the only reason it's 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 the reason why I chose that name because it, it just makes sense yeah good stuff good stuff so we will move on a little now to the last round of questions. Yeah. Uh, which we're going to ask all of the guests. Um, are you a calf stop cyclist? Uh, it depends who I'm with. If okay, I've got one guy, one of my mates, real close friend. We we'll go for a ten mile and go and get chips or cake or coffee or whatever. Um, other guys might go out. And do sixty mile, not even bother. It, it just depends who I'm with. I'm not partial or impartial. I'll do it because mm-hmm. at the end of the day, I like coffee. Work too much okay. like coffee. As, as I pointed out the other day with Mark when he said he liked tea on, on your one of your posts, and I was like, you're, yeah. you're dead to me or something. Or we can't be friends <laughs> or whatever. Whatever sarcastic remark it was, I came back with. So what what you have in name? What's your, what's your coffee? Coffee is either a latte, flat white, or cappuccino with non-dairy. Um, Food-wise, it depends where we are. Yeah. It really does depend. I mean, the place we went yesterday, um, they do a beautiful peak and swell. So that would always be there. Another place, um, a place up in Pocklington, if anybody knows it, they do some absolutely lovely cakes and they change them quite regularly um, and they do some belting vegan ones as well so yeah it, it literally just depends the safe bet is, the safe bet is, is um, I think Ben mentioned it or no Richard mentioned it on the last one about flapjack being a staple because you can't mm. go wrong with flapjack it's yeah it's an easy 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 good feed 
and gets you plenty of carbs in, doesn't it? So yeah, yeah. But yeah, I do like a flapjack. To be fair, yeah, they're I, just I, nice. I, I, my mother-in-law used to make me, and I'd always be thinking, right, I'll save that for when I'm riding. And then you could guarantee <laughs> two days later, I'd go to it for a ride and be like, "Where's the flapjack gone?" And my wife would be like. Yeah, you've eaten it, you fat git. <laughs> it would be like literally. Oh yeah, yeah. I'll just get the tub and just pour it in my mouth like Cookie Monster or some out of um, Sesame Street. <laughs> but. Good stuff. So, uh, how many bikes have you got at the moment? Um, operational bikes. I've got one, two, three. Four, one half bike, which I'll come back to in a second, and one that I need rebuilding. Okay. Um, the one that I need rebuilding is my Genesis that I actually started riding on. It's a steel frame. Absolutely love that bike, and I need to. I stripped it down a little while ago with the intention of rebuilding it, and I've just been too lazy to do it. Mm. The half bike is actually my son's cyclocross bike that I used to race on. Um, he doesn't live with us now he lives in Newcastle so I because it lives here I use it a lot for sort of gravelly type rides and stuff like that which he's not asked mm-hmm. about because it's getting used so yeah so what yeah about call it five and a half bikes okay. two of which are a single just for cruising around the city on yeah good stuff there's plenty there then oh yeah there's some... There's, 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 there's some arsenal there <laughs> Shall we say? But, so, what's the dream bike? Money, no object. I've, what are we talking? I've thought about this a lot, and I do. I think there is one as such. I'm a big fan of TCRs, which again you'll know. Absolutely mm-hmm. love the bikes. I'd be with that. I'd be quite happy just to get a mechanical Ultegra off the shelf. Just change a couple of components, like upgrade the wheel set, change the bars. And that'd be it, really. Um, but if I was going to be full hog, it would be a custom build, like a steel frame, um, yeah. like a Ricky Feather or a Bobby Quick bike with custom paint job. And it, but then it, it wouldn't be; it'd still be Ultegra mechanical components. Um, so yeah, it, it wouldn't. Like I said, it'd be just. I'm not that bothered, if you know what I mean. As long as I like it, yeah. I wouldn't be like, oh yeah, it needs to be a top end range of eyes or or this or that with with Dura Race Di Two because at the end of the day I've got to maintain it, and mm. those parts don't come cheap. So yeah, it'd be mechanical Ultegra on either a TCR or custom bit custom built steel. Yeah, lovely. Now, now flash. Yeah, that's it. A lot of people are saying the uh, custom paint job. That seems to be quite. Uh, I think it's that getting that uniqueness and that individuality. Yeah, like, yeah, yeah. like you say, you buy it off the shelf. Anyone can have that. But then you do this and do that. Like you change the wheel set, you change the handlebars, paint job. That's your bike then. That's oh yeah, massively. Else's. I mean, I think even just changing the bars um, and the, the wheel set gives it a level of individuality. If you know what I mean. Like for me, I'm quite narrow in my shoulders mm. so i buy a medium bike which is the right size for me um and it comes with 40 40 centimeter bars 
I could probably get away with 36s. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? So it would, it would be proper narrow. I mean, around 38s now. So it, just changing that to some um, pro aero bars or something like that would mm-hmm. then give it that individuality with a pro vibe stem. So it's like completely level and flush. Straight away, you've got a bike just by changing two components. You've got a bike that is your bike, if you know what I mean, with, with the factory paint job. And it's, it's only the custom paint job is just an afterthought, if that makes sense. Yeah. Not not in a negative way, because I, w- I would love a custom paint job. But it's just, yeah, it's not on the high list of priorities, if, if, that, make, if, you, if that makes sense. Yeah, definitely, definitely. So, dream place to go cycling, if we could pop you anywhere in the world, where are you off to? Again, another one I've given thought to. I love this country. I've never never ridden abroad. Mm-hmm. Potentially around the Dolomites. Um, but I love this country and there's a lot of this country that I'd like to see. Like the North... The Is it the North Scotland 500 or something? I'd, yeah, I'd, N- I'd, NC 500. Yeah, that's it. I'd, yeah, yeah North, Coast, Scot- North Coast 500. North Coast, yeah, yeah. yeah. So you I just d- ride all the way around the perimeter. I, w- I would love to do that. Um, and then there's places like around, around the Y Valley that look absolutely amazing. Mm. Um, Northumberland is is great. I was there last year and I did it only did a little bits. Um, and a lot of the gravel trails around there look absolutely phenomenal. And even Wales, places like that. And and uh, a friend that I follow on Insta, um, she lives in Ireland. Mm. And that look that looks stunning, and it's so uh, the, the actual heat and and place like the obvious place like Mallorca or or whatever. Yeah, it'd be nice to go up Sakhalin and stuff like that. But I'm not that bothered. I would much rather stay in this country and take as much of this country in as possible. Then think about where can I go next. Yeah, I just think this 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 country is overlooked massively, and especially living in Yorkshire, there's a lot around here mm-hmm. that it, it's beautiful. Really is beautiful in places. So why do I need yeah. to, why do I need to travel when it's there? Do you know, <laughs> true, that's true. Yeah, look, I've done um, rides around the Lake District, and look, the the only time I've gone there is when I've done this massive, like, ridiculous ride. Oh, the, the um, Windermere thing. Yeah, the two six two, which yeah. is two hundred sixty two miles around the lake. And I'd love. I'd said to my mate before. I said I'd love just to go and just do a 50 miler and not have the pressure of doing all these miles kind of thing um and it's like that 26 mile loop is just gorgeous just absolutely we, fantastic a couple of years back we stayed in Cartmel, so mm. just south of windermere and it was me and my lad went out when we was riding you know, 15 20 miles some days but we, we, we plotted a route so we went around windermere and went up, we went up the struggle um and it was about a forty mile route, and that mm. it was it was absolutely amazing. Like the, I think it was on the west side of Windermere, which you have probably gone through. Is it like a national park? Mm. And that that was stunning. It was beautiful. And going up the struggle was on a steel bike was an absolute bitch, but it was it was an yeah, experience. It was great. It, it was it was it was yeah. It's a lovely area, but having said that, I'd still take Northumberland over the lakes. Uh. But yeah, but th- th- those those areas, it's it's phenomenal. Yeah, and like you say, there's there's loads of different areas in the UK that are absolutely fantastic as well. Um, you know, and perhaps f- for me, I, I've not ventured out enough. Really, you know, I've got a van; I can fit the bike in. 
I should really be driving somewhere, doing a ride, back in the van, coming back, kind of thing. Yeah, yeah, definitely. But I suppose it's always the time, isn't it? You know, I've got a young family. And yeah. Because then if you're then driving for three hours, going for a three-hour ride, then driving three hours back, that's a long day. Oh, very long day. And, <laughs> that's a long day away. And you're going to be shattered when you get home and no use to anybody because like six yeah. hours driving is mental, isn't it? Yeah. Plus the physical thing of, of riding. But um, yeah. But yeah, no, I, I get that. Like I say, I mean, I'm going. I'm possibly going to have a bit more time in in for next year to do more stuff like that. So yeah, it's it's a target to get to places, even if it's stuff on my doorstep. Um, mm. like, like North Yorkshire around Whitby there's some good gravel routes and stuff that I wouldn't mind doing and it, it's a day out and when, you, when mm. you've got family and stuff like that, family commitments it's a, it's a big ask in it of them yeah yeah definitely so it's not it's it's that time consuming thing isn't it like it's quite a time consuming hobby yeah you know because you can quite easily go out for you know if you're doing 100 mile you're out for 6-7 hours if, if you yeah, if you do it really quick, you're away for sort of five and a half, six hours. If you're a bit slower, seven plus kind yeah, of thing, yeah. and then yeah, that's a that's a long day oh, just it, to it, it go is. and ride your bike. I mean, I'm, I'm fortunate with like my son's 24, so I don't have him running around screaming "Daddy" at me. But I've got a dog. Mm. I've got a three a three year old lab who's like a kid with ADHD on skills, you know. So <laughs> she's she's constantly. At, yeah, dropping balls at your feet and and stuff like that. So yeah, you do you do you do feel it. And the last thing you need, you want to give quality time to people, don't you? Do you know while while they can. Mm-hmm. I mean, luckily, Definitely. luckily, it's just a dog, so I can just ignore her and she goes away and leaves. <laughs> <laughs> Bless. <laughs> so yeah, I think that's um, everything. I think we've come to the end of our little chat so uh thank you very much for coming on the Venetian no, podcast thanks, thanks for having me mate it's been great yeah it's been an absolute pleasure talking to you today i really appreciate you it too. thank you no worries that was great speaking to john there it's a, a fantastic isn't it getting another insight into another person's reasons why they do the sport that we all love um everybody's story is different for the reasons that they do it you know but it's all got the same outcome that it helps their mental well-being obviously the ground their fitness it's just a great sport to be involved in isn't it really if you've listened to the podcast today and thought do you know what i'd like to have have a chat with steve i I jump on this podcast you can message me sales at velo21.com on email or just send us a direct message on instagram and we're of course velo double underscore 21 that's velo double underscore 21 send us a message and just say you want to you'd like to appear on the podcast and we'll have a little chat about it and see when we can get you on so once again thanks for listening to this latest episode of the velodrome podcast i've been steve the velo 21 guy take care and we'll see you soon